Hey guys, this is my lead. This is the My Taught You podcast. I am here with Paul Fugelsang, and now I've got the, the pronunciation down. Paul has worked in the mental health field since 1996. He focuses on projects committed to improving mental health services for low-income individuals and families. Paul is the founder of Open Path Psychotherapy Collective, um, a collective that whose praises I have, have sang for I don't know how long. Um, I don't recall when or how I found out about Open Path Collective, but I was so happy to learn of learn about it in the work that you've done. And I've had so many people tell me that they've taken advantage of the service. When I looked on the site, I see that Open Path has matched more than 50,000 clients um, a, across the country for affordable psychotherapeutic care. Paul, why did you feel the need to create a service like this? Yeah, so I was, um, well, first of all, thanks for having me on. I really appreciate it. Yes, of course. Yeah. I was in private practice. This is many years ago. And I felt like it was my ethical responsibility to see a few clients at a pretty low fee. And when I met that and had clients in my caseload uh, that were at that level, people would call and they'd ask if I could see them for a low fee. And I'd have to say no, because I, those slots were already filled and I had no place to send them. Um, so it always felt like it, it, like I hated saying to people like, well, what you need to do is get on the phone and just call 25 therapists in town and see if they'll see you for a low fee. It's, you know, there's not a lot of dignity in that. And um, it's not. Yeah. And uh, so it just, it felt like a no brainer that there should be a website where therapists who would dip low. And if we could get a website where we could encourage therapists to dip even lower than they normally might, okay, um, that this would be a perfect thing for uh, helping address this problem. And so how low are we dipping with open paths, open path collective, just so people know, because I know that therapy is not affordable and I pay out of pocket weekly and I feel like it's a car note. Yeah, yeah, it's expensive. And yes. there are, especially if you go weekly, and there are, um, well, the rates for Open Path are between $30 and $60. Okay. And that ideally is a negotiated rate between the therapist and the client. Okay. You know, so many therapists charge between $150 or $200 or even more than that. Yeah. So many, when they go do a sliding scale, they'll say, I'll see you for 100 bucks an hour. Or maybe yeah. Maybe. Which, you know, it's, it's kind of them to reduce their weight in that way. And still, that is so unreachable for so many people. Just out of sheer curiosity, because I don't understand sort of the business, why are the rates like that? Do you know? Like, why is it so, why is it so expensive? Well, you know, therapists have their overhead. So everyone's renting an office. And if you're in a city, you're paying a lot of money for office space. Okay. And then there's marketing fees and those sorts of things. Um, but and the thing with therapists is they, they can't necessarily work a 40 hour week where they get paid for all 40 hours. Seeing 40 clients a week is, you know, basically like a 55 hour a week job. Wow. Right. So, so many of the hours that people put into doing therapy and stuff we don't actually bill for. Right. Right. And so the rate is the rate. Um, mm -hmm. and that makes perfect sense because I don't know that any of us would want to see a therapist that was seeing that many people, um, a week. Yeah, it's a lot. When you were getting started, was it has it been harder to get therapists on board for this? Like when you started off, hey, I have this idea, you reach out. How 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 did therapists take to that? Yeah, you know, it, when I had the idea, it was just sort of swirling around in my head, and I 
took a few therapist friends out to lunch and pitched it to them and they all seemed to, you know, like it, but they were my friends. So maybe they were just humoring. Right. So, so it was kind of a big leap off a cliff. And, um, uh, fortunately therapists have really taken to it. We have almost 14,000 therapists in the network around the United States and Canada. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So That's a lot. Um, yeah. And it's like, I think it really shows too, that therapists want to give back and they want to do it in a way, at least those that are in the collective where they're not, just some lone altruistic provider in their office. One thing we like to say is that because a therapist in Miami is lowering their rates in op- through open path, it means that a client in San Francisco can find affordable rates. Yeah. <laughs> it gets passed around that way. Yeah. Um, so I, I feel like, and you and I talked about this. So you guys, this is my second time interviewing Paul because mm-hmm. the first time I did not hit record because, you know, it was, it's been interesting getting back, back to the world. And so, um, I'm sure you've seen this evolution of therapy with the help of social media. I feel like now when I first started going to therapy, people barely even talked about it and how I found it. A friend was like, you know, you seem like you could, t- I feel like you could talk to someone. And now you have a lot of therapists on social media, all kinds of therapists. I mean, I didn't even know they had this many types of therapists mm-hmm. and they have, you know, they have quotes and they have things that they're saying. Um, do you see this as a good thing now that people have more access? What do you see any concerns with this? Well, I suppose there's a lot of good that comes out of it. Right? Sure. A lot of people really, um, even if it's just someone reading a snippet or a paragraph about some mental health issue on Instagram, uh, it, it can alight something for somebody and, and have them think more deeply about it or choose to research it or choose to talk to their therapist about it. So I see a lot of good. Um, there's also this thing where people tend to peddle a lot of advice mm-hmm. online. and tell people uh, what's right and what's wrong in sort of therapeutic language. Okay. And um, I tend to be a little bit wary of that. It sort of feels like, um, uh, well, I have this belief that we're all here on this planet and we don't really know why we're here or what we're doing. And we're sort of making our way through and figuring it out as we go along. Agreed. And I don't think there are really that many people who um, understand all this much more than the rest. That's fair. I tend, to be, I tend to be a little cautious around people who are coming at things as if they are experts and have this thing all figured out. Right. Even therapists, even if you've been doing it, I guess, for a long time, like you Maybe have. especially therapists. Oh. I feel like, I feel like the, <laughs> the longer I've done this uh, and the older I get, the, the more I realize I don't really know that much. Wow. That's fair. I feel like that in some ways, too. Yeah. It's kind of a liberating feeling because you, you get to stop trying to pretend like you know everything. Very much so. So if we were treating this podcast, like just this section of it as a beginner's guide to therapy, because I've never Mm -hmm. done something like that before. Um, And it seems to be the number one question that I get whenever I have like therapy Q and A's, what are some things you'd recommend for a first timer heading to therapy? What is it? What should I expect on this, this first visit? Yeah, well, I, I, I remember when I started out and I was very young, I thought that it was my responsibility to have the client plumbing the depths of their soul uh, <laughs> as quickly as possible. Right. And, uh, and what I found is that clients weren't sticking around so much for that. And <laughs> okay. then, um, 
And then uh, a very wise mentor said to me, oh, you know what? Really, your only job in the whole first year of therapy is to make the client feel comfortable in the room. Yeah. And, uh, and, and to me, that makes perfect sense because it's a really vulnerable thing to do to go into a therapist's office and sit down and start talking about your inner experience, yeah. especially if you don't have experience doing that. It's, it's scary. It is. And I, I think sometimes when people go and they are like, it's not working and it's because maybe they, we have this expectation of like, I'm going to walk away after a visit or two and maybe, I will cry or I will have this big breakthrough. But um, we talked about this, what you, you liken the experience when I, I last spoke to you of like a canvas, you know, mm-hmm. and can you explain to listeners how you view the experience sort of as painting a canvas with your client? Yeah. Yeah. So before each session, I sort of feel like the client and I spread out a canvas in between us and that we spend the session painting on that canvas. And uh, neither one of us knows what's going to come out or what the painting is going to look like at the end. Um, But it's this very sort of exciting dynamic process. And there's the canvas that's painted during the session. And then there's the canvas that's painted throughout the entire course of the relationship. Sure. Which also is, you know, ever unfolding and and, and usually quite lovely. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Yeah. I actually had therapy today and I've gone for this August will make, I think nine years, nine years of going. And it's one of like, it's, it's easily one of the best parts of my week, always the best part of my day, even when I feel like I'm just kind of shooting, nothing really exciting is happening, but just someone that you have to talk to that, um, that only talks about you, you know, it's like we only, they don't talk back about what's going on in their life. And just to have that, I have found um, it's, it's some of the best money I've ever spent. One thing that I really like is that it's for most people, it's really the only relationship that they have in their lives or they'll ever have in their lives where they don't have to worry about taking care of the other person at all. Wow. It is a hundred percent entirely for their own care. Yeah, I never thought of it like that. But now that you say that, I realize why I look forward to it and I enjoy it so much of, in a lot of ways, it feels selfish, you know, of like, Mm -hmm. oh my God, it's my hour. Um, Mm -hmm. It's my time. And no matter what I talk about, this person's listening to me. Um, and, And it's awesome. Yeah. And usually they're deeply listening. And usually they're, they're doing that, yes, because it's their job but also because they really care about you. Yeah. You know, one time it's several years ago, maybe, maybe two or three years into therapy. I remember my therapist asking, you know, if I thought she cared and I'm like, no, Mm. (laughs) you don't know. You don't care. Or Or she may have said, I care you, I pay you. So maybe, you know, you care. And I just couldn't wrap my mind at the time around the fact or the thought that someone who I didn't know who I did nothing for, um, could care. And now that we've been doing therapy, as long as we have, I believe her, um, that she does care, you know, and it's just hard when you're, you're not used to that. We talked about the pandemic. I don't think we fully seen the impact of the, like, of the pandemic. And I just wondered if there were some things that you were seeing in your practice or some things that someone at home might be experiencing that maybe they don't have the words for now that, you know, we're sort of re-entering. And um, I shared this just recently on my Instagram and I'll share it with you. 
is that, you know, I did this interview with you, Paul, and it was, it felt so good to get back to just like interviewing, podcasting. I love talking about mental health. And then I got off the call and I, I got off this interview with you and there was no, nothing that said that this recorded. And I, in the midst of like getting ready to start a meltdown, I thought about what you said to me when I asked you this question before. And you said, you know, that we have to give ourselves room and maybe I'm paraphrasing to not be good at things. Yeah. And so when you reached out to me, oh, hey, when's the podcast? And I'm like, so I'm, I wasn't good, you know, and believe it or not, just remembering what you said sort of freed me from whatever sort of like drama guilt or whatever I was going to go into. And I was just waiting to, I was like, I've got to tell him. And then you reached out to me and I'm like, okay, I got to tell him now. So some of us aren't going to be good as we re-enter, but you know, how can, for those of us who are slowly starting to tiptoe back out, and I find myself a little, I'm kind of afraid. Like I, I don't really, I'm, people are starting to ask me to speak at things and trips and I'm like, I don't know that I want to do it. Yeah. yeah. Well, first off, what a relief uh, that, that we can all live in a world where it's okay and acceptable to make mistakes. Oh, I know. We know. I, I know. I feel like I know this, but I don't yeah. always believe it. Yeah. There's that part of you that, that it's, it's very hard to believe. I have that too. I think we all do, especially. Yeah. 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 So I think, yeah, having that, having that orientation where we can give ourselves permission to, uh, to make mistakes and be fallible human beings, it's, it can be um, such a relief and, and such a way to really befriend ourselves, right? Which I think is so important. Yeah. yeah. I love the way you said that. But some things, okay, we're re-entering the world. What are, yes. what are some things people are experiencing? Well, you know, I just started seeing clients in my office yesterday. Oh, for oh the first wow. time. Yeah, okay. in 15 months. And uh, so it's really, it's really kind of exciting. And I noticed that leading up to it, I was hesitant to, uh, to do this. Okay. Um, I'm only seeing people who are fully vaccinated, but I was aware that I like, you know, I was kind of pushing off. And then I, <laughs> I realized, oh, I think I'm really comfortable sitting at my kitchen table. <laughs> yes. In my slippers. Right. Doing therapy that way. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I realized now oh, that I actually need to leave my comfort zone here a little bit. And, yes. Um, and, uh, you know, I think there's such an edge in relationships where when you're with somebody, there's such a potential for really alive things to happen, whether it's yeah. therapy or just sitting with your friend. Yeah. And, um, and I think, you know, most of us were probably really skilled at navigating that thing and being in relationship with that thing mm-hmm. and benefiting from it. And then the pandemic shut all of that down. And uh, it's probably a little scary to be uh, in touch with something so alive between two people. So I think, yeah, easing ourselves back in. And, you know, like I said, uh, you know, earlier about making the first year of the experience really comfortable and not yeah. too much. I think this is about dipping our toe in the water instead of diving into the deep end. Uh, that makes perfect sense. It's, yeah. It seems like everybody's in such a rush to get back to it. You know, it's like, or they, we've been in the house. I, I ran into the mall for something and never in my life have I seen this many people inside of the mall. I'm like, what are we doing? But I think, you know, being, being stuck inside was tough. Yeah. So I want to talk about Open Path Healing Arts Collective, which I am just 
thrilled about. Mm -hmm. I have told nearly every person I know about it. Um, For those of you here that have not heard of it, it is affordable, holistic health care. And on the site, it says you can explore 12 unique holistic health disciplines and find one that fits your needs. How did you get the idea for this um, and how's it going so far? Yeah, well, you know, I think psychotherapy is is really, really effective and um, uh, it's it may not always be uh, so effective at addressing some of the things that are more um, sort of situated in the body. Okay. Right? We're these animals with, you know, these brilliant brains, but we also have these brilliant bodies with so much information and so much wisdom. Mm. So often in this culture, we can become really disconnected from our bodies. Yeah. So a good friend of mine came up to me and she, she said, you know, what you're doing with Open Path is great. And why not do this for body-centered disciplines like massage and Reiki and acupuncture as well? Yeah. Okay. And it was an idea that I'd always thought about and, 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 you know, I just didn't dive in and didn't know how to dive in. And then uh, with her, um, uh, uh, sort of with her motivating me, we decided to give it a go. So okay. we spent the last year building this website and now we're uh, trying to attract practitioners and we already have almost 200 in a group. So it's a, it's an exciting launch right now. Nice. That's amazing. And that, I think you probably, you just answered my question about this sort of like comprehensive approach to wellness. I think we are in a huge sort of like wellness moment. Yeah. Um, when you started what was wellness, you know, in, in 96 or early 2000s versus, you know, how you're seeing it now? Was it, the, I feel like sometimes the more things change, the more they stay the same. Was there something like that back then? Or do you think we are really on the new frontier? Yeah, I think we're on a new frontier. It's really interesting um, how it's, how this is sort of progressing. And in, in 1999, I was, I remember I was in a Walmart with my brother and he had just started therapy. I had never been in therapy and we were talking about something. And he said to me, don't you think maybe you're being a little bit hard on yourself? And I was like 24 or whatever, 25. Mm-hmm. And, and my response was, I've never even considered that it's possible for one to be hard on themselves. Right. And I looked at it and of course it's like, yeah, I was being so hard on myself all the time. Yeah. And, and, you know, this was in the nineties and it wasn't even on my radar, but now, you know, I, I look at teenagers now and how they talk about, about their relationship with themselves and their friends. And they have so much more vocabulary for talking about feelings and experiences. And it is really promising in a way. Yeah. I think so too. I recently shared something. Um, I didn't grow up sort of being able to have the language or just like you said, the vocabulary and, um, my son fell down, he's three Mm -hmm. and someone, an adult was like, Oh, you're, you're okay. And he, he stood up, he said, I'm not okay. (laughs) I'm hurt. (laughs) You know, it's like, I'm not bleeding, but it's like, I'm hurt. Maybe his feelings were hurt. I don't know. But I felt so proud in that moment of like, wow, he's three and he has the confidence to tell someone he's not okay. And that is huge. Yeah, that's huge. That's so great. It's such a lesson for all of us, right? Yeah, yeah. So, Paul, I thank you for agreeing to do this again with me. Just 20 minutes of of talking for us. And so um, thank you. And for those, tell us, for those of you who are not familiar with Open Path Collective or the Healing Arts Collective, can you give us all of the, the places? Where can we find everyone? 
Sure. So Open Path, which is the affordable psychotherapy, uh, you can find that at openpathcollective.org. And then uh, Open Path Healing Arts, which is for affordable, uh, you know, body-centered care. Um, You can find that at healingarts.org. Healingarts.org. Thank you so much, Paul. Um, And I will talk to you hopefully sometime soon to hear about the healing arts. That sounds good, Molly. Thanks so much. Thank you. I, I just want to let you know, like, I so enjoy talking to you about this stuff. So if yes. you if you want to do this again, just let me know. Because I'd love to. It's really fun. I, yeah, I'd love to. I I am. Um, I don't know. It's like after I started going to therapy, I'm like, this is like everybody needs to do this. Yeah. And so that's why when I saw what you were doing, I was like donating in the in the early. I'm like, I want to put some money into this because this is what I feel like people need. And especially in the black community with black women, um, specifically being sort of like my muse. uh, I think all of this stuff is needed. And you you said a couple of different things throughout our conversation that I think they'll, that they will really find helpful. And so I I would love to be in touch with you again. I'll shoot you an email of maybe just some different topics, you know, if you were interested in kind of just chatting about yeah, I feel like we barely scratched the surface on this. Yeah. And I think there's so many places we could go way deeper. I so enjoy talking to you.